This is Bob Ferguson, and this is Life with Bob that happens every uh, Monday at 7 o'clock Central, which is my time, 8 o'clock Eastern. And we talk about things that I want to talk about, things that I think are important, either big ideas or techniques or processes or things that I have found in my life that I would like to share with everyone. So tonight, my guest is Jen Armento. She is a wildlife biologist. I understand that she also worked with a very large tract of land in southern New Jersey to make sure that that land was as well taken care of as it possibly could. He is a founder of the Green Mamas Movement, which is an international movement, helping people see the small things they can do every day in their home to make our ecology and our planet a better place. And Jen, it's really important that we do this, isn't it? Absolutely, Bob. Everything is connected, and I think a lot of times in our modern world, we lose a little bit of that, but everything that we do can make an impact, either big or you know, positive or negative, for the world around us. That's right. And so there are huge, big policy issues around climate change and climate science and all that. And I think because of that, a lot of people feel, well, I don't, A, I don't know about it, and you hear this point of view and that point of view, and a lot of people feel that the, the problem is just so big that I think I'm just going to live my life and do the best I can and let someone else unravel the whole thing. So what's the attitude that you suggest people take? Well, you hit the nail on the head there, Bob. That's one reason of the huge reason that I founded the Green Mamas movement. Over the past 20, 25 years, time and time again, I hear, but what I do isn't going to make a difference. What happens in my life isn't going to make a difference. That's for the politicians to figure out. That's for someone else to figure out. And I, I felt that a lot of people felt lost. They just simply thought they couldn't make a difference. And so what in the world could they even possibly do? And so it's paramount that we start to try to think that being a good steward of the environment is the best thing we can do. And that's just little steps we can take every day. And there are so many ways, so many different little steps that we can take. And they make a big impact when we're all being a good steward in the way that we can. That's really, really great. So let's jump, let's jump right into it. But maybe before we do this, Let's kind of set the stage from a scientific standpoint. What is happening in the world? What is happening with our climate? What is happening with species extinction? What is happening with the acidification of the uh, oceans? You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And again, a person can look at this and go, wow, it's so big. So give, give us a little bit of background of, again, why we why it's important right now historically for us to really take this seriously mm -hmm. well that's exactly uh, the best way to put it because you know it, it gets overwhelming there's so many topics there's so many things that are intertwined and um, everything that we do can affect something else so if we're uh, I think one of the big things to realize is the interconnectedness of everything. So if we think, well, we just hear about climate change, we just hear about species extinction, we just hear about polluted water, polluted air, you know, it gets overwhelming to think of those things uh, individually and then when you compound them all together, uh, you really start to think, well, where do I make sense of any of this? And so on a day-to-day -day basis, how we make sense of this is really knowing that our air is affected by the things we do. We have um, you know, pollution levels even inside our home that are greater than outside. And, and a lot of us have no idea that that's going on. 
the waters around the world are more polluted than not polluted. But for a lot of us, we don't live in areas where the water is polluted and we don't really think of that and that things we do could have an effect on people on the other side of the world. Um, even something like soil contamination and the things that we put on our lawns or on a bigger thing, say corporate areas, what they're putting on their lawns, that soil actually travels through the wind over to Africa from where I am on the East Coast. So we're connected globally. And when we start thinking of that connection globally, we're able to start making some choices and what can I do to really help. But uh, the state of things today is, you know, you, you don't want to think about it being in despair, but things are serious. We have a greater species extinction that has ever been recorded in history. Um, and going back, everything we can do with carbon dating and looking at, you know, the past billions of years and things, this is the biggest extinction rate. And, uh, you know, you think of it, we have the best technology. We are extremely intelligent human beings. And why is all this happening, right? Um, and simply, we have so many people on our planet right now. And uh, we have to start thinking, how can we sustainably do things to kind of carry that load and carry everything that's going on? Um, species diversity is very important. Uh, whether you're talking about the animals, uh, that's always a hot topic. People love to think of the, the large animals and everything. But even as far as plants, um, whether you're talking agricultural food plants or just the different plants that various insects need to be able to survive. So there's a wide array of topics and then a surprisingly large amount of things that we actually can do and be aware of um, on individual basis. And in terms of species, there are as many species beneath the ground as there are above the ground. And so we need to do things that take care of our species that live in the soil that actually turn dirt in the soil. That's a whole other topic that we will be taking up with uh, many people because I'm very interested in it. And this is my show, so I get, the, I get to talk about what I want to talk about. So, so species extinction is important because we are caught in the, we, we are part of the web of life. We're just another species, pretty dominant species, but we're another species. And we rely on the ecology that's made up of our climate and all of the species interacting with each other and the health of the water, the cleanliness of the water, lack of cleanliness. So, okay, so that, that's some of the issues. What are some of the, what are some of the other issues that, that, we, that, are, that are happening to us right now that are the result of our collective action? Uh, well, I know for you, Bob, you talk about climate change a lot. And um, I, I know back in the 90s, we talked about global warming and things. And it, it gets hard to, to kind of muddle through that. You know, I, I'm a person sitting in my living room watching the news or maybe delving a little bit on the internet and what's really going on there. Um, in the generalist truth of the matter, the climate is changing. In some places, it's getting way warmer than it used to be. In other places, it's getting way colder. And when you have a shift like that, um, you know, there's lots of science that shows how things are accelerating that. And um, being aware of that helps you to be able to make better choices. But we have places even in Montana where they talk about how they used to have these ice freezes every year. And now they're having these floods because the ice doesn't freeze and the, the water coming off the mountains is flooding areas. So, and it's, it's kind of easy to see if you turn on the news almost any day to see something like that happening somewhere in the world. Yeah, good. Okay. So we, we got a whole lot of issues. Now, tonight we're probably not going to solve all of them. What we're focusing on is what can we do as individuals, both in our environment, but also what can we do 
as advocates? What can we do in terms of communicating with corporations and companies that we buy products from, mm -hmm. legislators, people who represent us? I think many times people underestimate the impact of their voice. And so they don't raise their voice mm -hmm. in a way that particularly in the aggregate, in the same way that everyone shifting to non-toxic cleaners or other practices that I'm sure we'll be going over in a moment, we don't really see how the, the impact we can have if we work in the aggregate. It's the same thing on the political level and on the level of being consumers voting with our dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Corporations are very, very, very attentive to deselection mm -hmm. of their products. So, okay, so let's get into it. Um, I'm sitting here in my living room and I'm listening to Jen. I say, Jen, so tell me, what, what can I do? Well, one of the biggest things you can do on the lines of what you were just saying, Bob, is to vote with your pocketbook. And um, every, I've been saying that for decades now, every time you open your wallet or your pocketbook to make a purchase, you are voting for that product. You're voting for that corporation. You're voting for um, everything that came along to make that product. So one of the first things we can do is kind of decide, okay, what do I want to spend my dollar on? Uh, in our family, we don't like to spend our dollar on excessive plastic. So I might choose a company that is using smart packaging that's recyclable or reusable or that they're just simply using less. So those changes over time really add up. Um, I like to tell people when I first started looking for organic milk back in the, well, the 90s, uh, it was like nothing short of almost $10 a gallon. <laughs> and guess what? I bought that milk, but I drank less of it <laughs> to make up in my budget. Uh, I was a college student at the time, but I felt it was important for me to vote with my dollar and let those organic farmers know that I valued that product and I wanted to see more of that product. So that is a really big way that we can impact. Um, writing legislators, if you are able to do that, that certainly absolutely will have an impact for sure. Uh, a lot of times, when it comes to environmental issues, those types of things go a little bit unnoticed and people aren't writing it about that. So I'm sure you probably do, right, Bob? Oh, yes. And I uh, love it. And, uh, and, and many of them know me by name. I've had a couple <laughs> of uh, detailed conversations with our Senator Grassley. Um, so, and, and I also understand that it doesn't take that many letters, particularly on issues that people aren't paying a lot of attention to. If it's one letter, it's of interest. If it's two letters, it's really of interest. If it's three letters, it's a trend. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a wave. And so, again, I think, I think that um, we want to resist the temptation to feel like, well, my voice just doesn't matter. If you have an, uh, if you have an opinion about something, and particularly, and my feeling is if you're going to write to your senator or congressperson or state legislature, later, be informed. You know, make sure that you fact check and, and, when you when you make your arguments that your arguments are, are cogent. So yes. Absolutely. Uh, there are other ways we can make a difference too, of course, voting with our pocketbook is one. Um, and what our family did for a while, uh, we have a eight-year-old and a two-year-old, and my husband and I have been married 15 years now. So Let's just say 15 years ago, he wasn't quite as up on some of the environmental issues that might be important to me. And what we decided at first as a family before we even had children, we decided um, every April because it was Earth Day to pick one thing in our life uh, for our daily kind of daily life 
that we could improve on that would make a difference for the planet. So for instance, one year we decided, could we get our trash down to one bag a week? And it, it didn't take much as long as we were recycling and making smarter choices with our pocketbook on our packaging and things. And once we got that down to one bag, and by the way, with uh, two kids, we're still at about one bag a week. Um, but once we got that down, <laughs> thanks. Then we said, okay, well, can we uh, further this improvement and can we find a trash bag that is actually biodegradable in a landfill? And through much research and trial and error, and probably 12 different brands of trash bags, we found one we could use. So now we know that we've got less trash from our family and it's actually going to biodegrade in a landfill. And that might be- Do you mind, you mind uh, sharing the brand name with us? Oh, sure. Right now we use green bags, green legacy bags. Green. Uh, the original one that we absolutely were in love with, the company doesn't make them anymore. But uh, green legacy bags are meant to biodegrade with no sunlight in about 60 to 90 days. <laughs> so nice. that's a pretty good win in our book. Great, great, okay. So what's, what else? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I know a hot topic uh, that Bob and I both love is talking about some of the cleaners in our homes. And um, I, you know, a lot of people have heard a little bit about that by now. It's been a hot topic for a while. Uh, I'd say at least almost a decade in, in uh, my realm of things. Um, but there are a lot of things that maybe getting a little more educated can go farther on. So for instance, a lot of folks do know that they might, it might be a good idea to switch to green cleaners, maybe for their family's health, maybe for the health of the planet. Um, but then we look at things like um, our use of antibacterial soaps. And here's something, Bob, if you'd like me to give this as an example, that directly affects wildlife, actually. I don't know if you have heard about this. Yes, I, um, I have, but let's uh, clue everyone else in. <laughs> Well, for at least here in the States, um, when you have an antibacterial soap, the main ingredient that makes it antibacterial is triclosan. And so triclosan has a couple of things going on with it. It's very toxic to the environment. Um, it's toxic to human health as well, but let's talk about the environment for a minute. Um, when you are using the antibacterial soap and washing your hands, your, of course, the water is going down the drain. And so what we've seen over time now, it's been a couple decades that this product has been out, this triclosan, and that's pretty much the main ingredient. So no matter what brand of antibacterial something you're buying, um, I know they even have it like you can buy a clipboard now with this antibacterial because triclosan is leaching out of it to kill things. Um, but truth is regular soap kills 99.9% .9 of germs. So you're pretty good as long as you wash your hands and sing the alphabet or happy birthday, <laughs> then you're pretty good, you're clean. Um, but we have had so much of this triclosan get into the waterways now that we have actually found hermaphroditic fish. And this is directly, they have done the science, they've ran the research, they've ran the tests. It is directly because of the chemical triclosan. And that has, if you think about, you know, most of us know what a food chain is, or we've heard of a food chain. And if you think of the ramifications of now having a species changed, its actual DNA changed, you know, you really have to start to wonder what are we doing here and what else is going to happen? Um, and then you have to wonder if it can do that for a fish, what is it doing to my body chemistry if I use that, on, especially on a daily basis? Um, and then you have things like, for instance, when triclosan is heated, it off-gasses something called dioxin, which is one of the most toxic substances known to man, and it's man-made substance. So it doesn't exist in nature. 
And dioxin is made um, from different types of chemicals that when they get heated and they off gas into the air, and now you're breathing in that dioxin. So there are a lot of things that can happen just from something like an antibacterial soap. So imagine the environmental impact if your household was to make the switch back to regular soap and just sing your ABCs while you wash. No, and triclosan, no. So how hot does triclosan have to be? Do you have to boil it or just hot water, uh, washing your hands in hot water is enough to uh, release toxin? From what I have read a few years ago from some studies that came out of Sweden, it's just the water that you would use while washing. So really, we're talking lukewarm water, probably. Wow. wow. That's a really big deal. And nanoparticles, uh, ingredients in some personal care products are finding their way. I understand that they're finding plastic. And I, I heard this fantastic amount of plastic that's been released into the ocean since even 1980. And the plastic breaks down and breaks down and breaks down and finally gets fine enough so that it actually incorporates into the body of fish, if I'm not mistaken. So tell us about that. And, and what should we do in terms of our consumption of particular single-use plastics, but any kind of plastic? Well, absolutely. So it, it does exactly how you, you gave a good synopsis there. Um, it absolutely, you know, everything has to go somewhere, right? So everything you use, uh, it eventually has to have an end product, a, a byproduct somewhere. So um, things, we might put them in our trash and think they're ending up in the landfill. Not all trash stays in a landfill. Not all trash even ever makes it to a landfill. There are still a lot of places where trash is dumped in the ocean. Or then we, of course, have litter, you know, all these kind of things. And um, the ocean water breaks that down. And so over time, it does become microparticles. It happens in the soil as well. Uh, if you've ever, you know, been on maybe an old home site and you're walking around and you see little pieces of things, well, they just keep breaking down over time. Um, but the ramifications for that, they just extend. So we have, of course, fish that have that in them. We have um, a situation where it's hard to say, can we go, we can't go backwards, right? So how do we go forward? And uh, making good choices going forward is what we're all going to have to try to do better on. There are still places in America that don't recycle. I'm not even saying like my county only recycles a small handful of plastic because we have an older facility that can't handle some of the newer types of plastic. So we have that situation, but we also have lots of counties in America that simply don't have the resources, the, the funding to recycle. And um, if you really start to look at recycling, it's actually extremely expensive and it uses a lot of resources to recycle. So while on one hand it is great to recycle the things we use, we really have to start thinking about, you know, what can we just use that is reusable and that isn't going to put this into the waste stream at all because recycling is still a waste stream. Um, You're actually downcycling. Now there are some, sometimes you can upcycle something or cross cycle it, you know, turn it from, you know, from water bottles into shoe, you know, shoe soles or, or that kind of thing, but that, that's the exception rather than the rule. So, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that by becoming slightly more conscious, not even dramatically more conscious, yeah. but just slightly more conscious. If you're gonna use a plastic bag, wash the thing. I mean, all, all of the kids in my neighborhood thought we were weird when I was growing up because we washed our plastic bags, but yeah. I still do it. So I, I rarely, if ever, take a new plastic bag until it totally shreds. Um, 
you know, that's example, but, you know, so, so where would, uh, so Green Mamas, talk to us about Green Mamas, because I bet you have a lot of resources go online and get educated and then talk to other people and recruit their friends, because that's the other big thing, right? We're social animals, and we evolved on the, uh, you know, we, we evolved over many, many years being in small groups. And so we are kind of hardwired to take care of each other, to, you know, to, to want to take care of each other. So one of the things we can do is use that, use that brainstem and get excited about something like this and then go tell someone else about it, recruit them to do it. Isn't that sort of the idea of Green Mamas? Yeah, it, it sure is. And one of the things we love to do is we have Green Mamas meetups. And sometimes we just meet at the lake and we pick a green topic and we talk about it while the kids are frolicking in the, in the water. And um, sometimes we meet in backyards like mine. And uh, we just, we chat about a topic and about ways we can make it better, or ways we can choose a more holistic approach to that topic, um, ways we can maybe choose greener products around that topic. And being able to chat with one another and get ideas from one another, it also helps you to realize that, oh, you know what, I'm not the only one maybe thinking about this, or I'm not the only one making changes. And now you've maybe got a small group of people that are making changes, and maybe that turns into a couple more people and a couple more. And one thing we, we like to really talk about and focus on at the Green Mamas Movement as well is educating the children and helping them learn right away now as young people to make good choices. Um, leading by example, of course, is what we, you know, what most of us do for our children. But I think also, you know, and I've done this with my children, is to let them know, you know, hey, sometimes you do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, you do better, right? So we see like my, my son, we didn't always use the trash bags that are biodegradable, but we learned better. We found that we could, and now we do. And we've put that into our family budget, even though it costs a whole three cents more bag than what we used to use. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, passing this on to the children and getting the children out into nature. Um, I think a lot of us do get disconnected, maybe because of the way we live or where we live, but getting the kids out touching soil and learning about the pollinators and maybe even planting a flower or a tree, it helps them to really connect because they so naturally connect anyway. And then it helps us reconnect. And from that can become a love of taking care of those things and goes right back to what we were saying in the beginning about being a good steward and that there's so many ways to do that. You know, one, one of the concepts I'd like you to address, Jen, is that I think a lot of people say, well, things have gone so far. There's something billion pounds of plastic in the ocean and there's this and there's that. And I do a lot as the uh, executive director of the Sustainable Living Coalition here in Fairfield. We do a lot with regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm. And we were just had a speaker at our Earth Day celebration on Saturday, Ray Myler, who has a border farm, a little 10 acre border farm that does water mitigation. And you think of all of the chemicals that are used in modern agriculture, mm -hmm. you know, herbicides to, you know, just the whole, the whole spectrum, and nitrates, and phosphates, and everything else. Well, it turns out that in his, ten, in his little 10 acres, over three years, using you know, proper science and all that, he's been able to, he made a big, big, huge berm, which stops the water, dams up the water when it comes off, big field from the north. He has a upper pond and a lower pond, 
taking the water from the field in the east. In fact, he takes the tiling pipe, the pipe that sits in front, under the fields that shunts the water away so the fields don't salt up. He takes it all. And by virtue of kind of sedimentation and then the water clarifies and the sun comes down in it and it begins to break down the atrazine and all of the natural little bugs and elements and nature. Because I asked him, well, what do you do to purify it? He goes, uh, nature. And by the time he finishes, the water coming out of the tiling pipe, you know, from his property is just about like Des Moines city water. And is nothing like that coming on. So I think one of the concepts that is hidden in this, I think that's really important, is that if by our individual actions in our homes and deselection of process of products and that kind of thing that don't meet our needs, we don't deselect, we simply select others, right? So we don't have to be not nasty about it. We just go put our money somewhere else. Um, we start taking pressure off of the system mm -hmm. and then if we can do smart things like what ray is doing and like what you know many other people are working on that allow the natural cycles of nature's cleansing capability to take over then it isn't too late what did dana meadows say that uh we have exactly amount exactly enough time to do it if we start today yeah and so you know, that's an important concept, the ability for nature to regenerate itself if we give it a chance, if we take some of the pressure off. Yeah, and it has the ability to do that. And as you said, it needs a chance. It needs a chance to rest and then to renew. And we can do that on a large scale and a farm by farm, yard by yard, individual basis as well. And one thing I love um, when you were talking about farming you know, a lot of people don't think about where their food comes from or they've thought about it, but they don't know, especially when we get into more populated areas. But um, I really would encourage everyone to talk to your farmer. Find one. There's got to be one in your state, right? At least everywhere. There's got to be at least one. Yeah, we have a few. Right. I'm sure you have a few. You know, the garden state here in New Jersey, we have a couple, but not as many as we used to. But uh, just this past weekend, for example, I was over at Russo's, our family farm here in Tabernacle. Uh, not my family, but the local, been here for four generations, I think now, farm. They are not an organic farm, like I usually prefer. But I go over and support them and buy some in-season things. Um, I know a lot of people say organic food is, is more expensive, but when you buy food in-season, which is what your body really is needing anyway, those in-season nutrients, uh, then organic actually is, you know, often only 10 to 50 cents more expensive. Or, but or expensive if, they, if they've grown a lot of it and they need, they need to sell it to you, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so I was over at Russo's and uh, we're just about to be at asparagus season here in New Jersey. And that's one, what I do is I talk to the farmers and uh, or they're the, the folks there at the farm stand who can go ask the farmer questions if they're usually a little busy. So uh, I saw asparagus at Russo's this weekend and I said, oh my goodness, is it time? I can't wait for some fresh asparagus. And uh, I said, is that your asparagus? You know, a lot of farms nowadays get, get products from other places so they can offer more and she said oh I'm sorry the Jersey asparagus isn't ready yet that one's from Georgia now I don't know the farm in Georgia I know Russo's and I can have a conversation with them and say did you spray your asparagus this year was it a bad year we had a wet winter did you have to use more pesticides or herbicides on your crop this year 
And if they haven't, I buy boatloads of asparagus and probably even freeze some that year. Um, but having these conversations is what a lot of us don't even maybe think. I've had friends that say, I can talk to my farmer. <laughs> of course you can. You can talk to anyone, right? right. So these, these are the kind of conversations that are great to be able to have. And, you know, on that point, a person doesn't have to be, a farmer doesn't have to be certified organic. We are blessed in Fairfield uh, because of the nature of our community to have a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can, in, most, in, 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 a good, in a good number of months of the years, if you, again, buy products, buy, buy stuff that's growing then, right? Mm-hmm. You, you buy stuff in season. And if you know your farmer, whether a person is you, whether a farmer is a USDA organic certified or not, are they simply following those practices? Yes. You can really, really support the people who are treating the land mm-hmm. the way it should be and growing nutrient dense food, which is better for us, right? You know, I'm, I'm about to lay down a, uh, a track for a presentation that uh, shows some slides from the, uh, from the Food Security Institute. It shows that the amount of iron in apples last century, 1900, has gone down like 96%. Wow. So when's an apple? When's an apple an apple? Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we might be eating food and actually being undernourishing ourselves. So all these things are super important. We could probably go on and on and on, but tell us more about how has Green Mama, because this is important to me, how things grow and develop and become networks and become powerful is really important when we're looking at how to shift and move things, not decrying the past. It's saying the past is the past, not anything we can do about it. We need to go from where we are to where we want to go. Mm -hmm. So, How many people are in the movement and kind of what's happened since you founded it? Well, it's, it's still freshly new. We're still getting our online presence, I guess you would say, but we've really just been uh, having a big response here in New Jersey. We have some green mamas in Malaysia and Australia and uh, one over in Poland <laughs> chatting with folks. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, I often say if you want to make a change, empower a group of uh, mama bears, right? <laughs> we really know how to spread some word. Um, what I've seen in our community is, you know, going from like myself and my friend Suzanne, who kind of got this whole thing rolling about four years ago. Um, I see now we have, you know, 20, 30, 40 women asking me questions and calling in and saying, hey, can you do those meetups on Friday? Because I don't work on Friday and I'd like to come over. And uh, that's what's nice to see. And so we're starting to get to a point where now folks want to have some meetups in their own communities and they want to spread those messages. Um, and there's, you know, what did Margaret Mead say? Get a few, nothing, a few thoughtful, committed citizens can't change the world, right? The only thing that Something like never doubt that a few thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. In fact, that's the only thing that ever has. There you go. Exactly. Exactly, Bob. Yes. Thank you. Great to change. Well, great. Jen, this is really great. So tell us what you're going to be doing on Wednesday night. And if anyone is interested in getting an invitation, to this webinar that Jen is going to be doing. That's going to be focusing much more tightly on the things that are in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about triclosan and everything, but there's a zillion other chemicals that we definitely do not want to invite in our house that our commercial cleaning products and skincare products, all that are filled with. So when are you going to be showing up and where? 
So we will be online on Wednesday at uh, 8.30 Eastern Time. And we'll be talking a lot more that night about specifically household toxins and what's in your cleaning products and related products. So we'll be starting with kind of the problem, um, which really there's about 81,000 different chemicals that could be lurking under your sink. And um, only 20% of them have been tested for toxicity. And uh, none of them have been tested to cross with each other. So we're gonna be chatting a little bit about the problem and some of the health problems that can arise because we do have a fair amount of proven health problems that can arise from the off-gassing of these chemicals. And we'll tell you what that means when a chemical off-gasses from your cleaners and what the health risks from that can be. And we'll, we'll use about six of them to give an example. Uh, and then we'll chat about some greener options and some really easy options. And ironically, a lot of times these greener options are a whole bunch cheaper than what you're getting uh, out in the supermarket or the big box stores when you go to, to get some products to clean your house. Um, we'll give away a little, a couple little secrets, like for instance, uh, there's a couple products where you're paying like $4 for mostly water. <laughs> there's like this much cleaner in it and a lot of it is water. So we're going to talk about also some of the environmental impacts of changing over to some concentrated things that actually really do the job better than a lot of others. So we'll be chatting for, I think, about 45 minutes-ish, maybe an hour. Uh, on minutes, right, and there's yeah, going to be a few people in attendance. So if anyone wants to join that, you can send me a message. If you're not a friend on Facebook, go to my personal profile and uh, ask me to be your friend. <laughs> and uh, then I will, I will send you the link. Or if you want to send me an email, it's Bob, my short email is Bob at Fergleads, F-E-R-G-L-E-A-D-S dot com. And I'd love to hear from you uh, on, on, you know, on Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, email, smoke signal, <laughs> if you want, you know. In fact, my, if you want to call me, my, my, my cell number is 913-208-6357. So there's no excuse for not connecting. So, Jen, this has really been fantastic. We had a great time years ago doing a, uh, a conference call together. And um, I think it's really important stuff, isn't it? For sure, Bab. Thank you for having me. It really is important to have conversations like this because the, the ripples that can stem from it are far and wide reaching. So I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Very good. And to all my friends on Facebook, I'm sorry I haven't figured out how to get you on on my phone so I can say hi, <laughs> or you know, all that kind of stuff that people do who do live. So I'm just going to have to assume that someone saw this and if they didn't, we'll do a watch party. <laughs> and so they'll, they'll have another opportunity. Okay, Jen, thank you very, very, very much. I really appreciate it. Okay, Absolutely. take care. Thank you. Happy Earth Day, everyone. Yes, happy Earth Day. <laughs>